Big boobs, little boobs, curvy, petite, introvert, extrovert, loud, quiet. You, my friend, perfect, exactly the way you are right now. I'm Steph, your host, the big boobed introvert CEO of Confetti Curves, and I'm going to remind you that confidence comes from loving all that you are right now. Shall we get started? Hello, and welcome to Confident in Your Curves, and this is a solo Steph edition. Um, firstly, this one may be a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, um, and it also probably comes with a trigger warning of anyone who's been in an abusive relationship or even a really toxic relationship and that's something that's just triggering to you. This isn't the episode for you, so um, I will see you next week with hopefully a much lighter topic. Um, this <laughs> this is a really interesting podcast topic for me and an extremely vulnerable topic. I think there's you know less than three or four people in my life that actually... I've ever kind of spoken about the toxic relationship that I was in and the detail in which that relationship was. But I think it's something that worth is worth talking about. Um, so I guess a little bit of context of how this episode came about. Obviously, um, this podcast is all about vulnerable things and the life that I have lived. The other day I was having a discussion with one of my friends about um, dating and relationships and we were talking about writing like a list of all of the things that like the dream person would have or like traits that I'm looking for in like my next long-term partner. So I went and I dug out a notebook, one of my many, many notebooks, and actually started flipping through the pages to just kind of like see what was written and you know, the purpose, uh, the purposes that this notebook had served. And it was actually a notebook that I bought at the end of my really toxic last relationship. And I was, it was a hard relationship and um, I didn't want to tell anyone in my life about the nitty gritty details of the relationship because I was quite ashamed of how I was in the relationship. So I turned to writing in a notebook because I felt like that was a safe place to go. I should like preface this. This was before I started going to therapy and like even you know, through therapy, it's always a great thing to journal. But I thought that it would be something that may help some other people because the friend that I was talking to about manifesting, um, like manifesting the perfect person or whatever, um, I actually sent her a video and I was like, oh my God, you will not believe what I've just found in this notebook. And I read her some of the entries that I'd written and we talked about how some of the things that I had written could 100% have come from her in her relationship, that she like in, not in her current relationship in a previous relationship that she was a part of and how she felt like it would only ever happen to her and how I had felt like it only ever happened to me and how isolating relationships like this can be and how a lot of the embarrassment comes back on the person who doesn't want to leave the relationship or doesn't feel like they have the power to really like to leave that relationship. And, you know, I 
never really told anyone about any of it until the relationship was finally over and I felt free and I wasn't really as embarrassed that I had kind of stayed as long as I had. And she suggested that I share this on the podcast and um, even if just like one other person could go, holy shit, I'm actually not alone and this happens to other people and it, it I don't know, to just kind of have the, the space to share my experience so that maybe you don't feel as alone or you can kind of hopefully take the inspiration to maybe take the steps to get out. So I'm going to be extremely vulnerable and you're going to hear some pages turning because I am going to read to you from my journal. Yeah. Okay, we're going to give him a a made-up name uh, just for his privacy and for my easeability of reading Um, because it's, it's not about him. And, you know, it's my experience and that's just kind of going there. Okay, so I'm going to read to you uh, my entries. But because I've written this quite like however I was thinking at the time, I have mentioned his name. So I'm going to change his name for all intensive purposes to Bart. um, Because I just feel like that's the right thing to do. So here goes. On my reflection, the relationship between Bart and I, when it really began as a dream and an escape from what felt like the hamster wheel of our lives, that we'd become each other's escape. I didn't think either of us imagined just how volatile, negative and tangled our lives would become. He was in a marriage that felt like ended years earlier and I was in a long-term relationship that I had fallen out of love with, that person. We had dreams and aspirations And they were never really ever going to be a reality. We left our respective partners and we got together in June. By July, we were living together. In August, we'd gotten a puppy. And by October, we were engaged. I'm just going to read that bit again. (laughs) We got together in June. By July, we were living together. In October, we got engaged. And we had a puppy in August. So in the space of four months, we had just all in. He showered me with gifts and he took me out on proper dates, was charming and sweet. He felt like a gentleman. But he was also controlling, overpowering, manipulative, emotionally abusive and inescapable. The hardest part was he was broken and I felt like I was the only one who could save him. His insecurities overwhelmed him and caused outrageous outbursts that one day he... His insecurities and out... His insecurities overwhelmed him and caused outrageous outbursts to this day he still doesn't acknowledge or apologize for things got bad in late august when he tried to take his own life after weeks of trying to get him to a doctor that then diagnosed him things continued to ebb and flow a wave of calm would come and suicide threats and abusive attacks would continue with unmeasurable manipulations and emotional blackmail 
I felt so powerless. We were living in the house that I owned. We were working together. We had a puppy that I loved and I was genuinely scared for his safety and if he had ever left. He felt like he had nothing to live for and I didn't want to be the final straw that caused a man to end his life. I dreamt of running away and never coming back, but I had a mortgage and two dogs that made it feel impossible. I felt like I couldn't tell anyone in my life any of these things because I didn't want to allow them to know just how bad it was and how badly I was letting myself be treated. It felt like it was all my fault and as if there was no way out. The only way out was to ride the volatility and hope to come out of it, both of us alive. We would go to work, we would come home, and the volatility would continue. He would find excuses to break me, and (laughs) he's... He's... MO to feel powerful was to break up with me and (laughs) this next entry is a list of reasons and occasions that he (laughs) he broke up with me because you know I had done something wrong um, only to be hours later uh, telling me that we, we we would stay together because he didn't want me to be broken. Um, and I was terrified that if we did break up that he would commit suicide. <clears throat> so one day we had an argument at work and he decided that he'd catch the bus home um, because we were working together and living together and driving to work together. Um, so I drove home and went to my mum's house because I'd already prearranged to see her. When I got home, he had gotten home on the bus. He had packed up all of his things and put them in the car. And I was like, oh, what's what, what what's happening? Well, like an argument ensued and he's like, I'm going to go live in my car. And then I would have to, like, I begged him to stay because, like, you know, again, the fear of all of the things. <clears throat> And then he's like, okay, well, like, you know, for you, I'll stay and unpack the car and go back in. Another day he broke up with me because I smiled at a guy that walked past at work that I'd been working with. Uh, Another occasion, I went out for lunch with my two girlfriends and we went to a pub. And the only reason a woman would go to a pub is to pick up men. So I obviously went to the pub and was talking to other men at that time. (laughs) he broke up with me one day because we went and did a like one of those like fun color foamy fun run type situations and with my sister and her friends and we weren't competing as if it was a race and he wanted to race so that was another reason uh I one day was talking about my day at work and how good it was to be working with someone who understood the context of work and it just so happened that that was a guy so that was another reason to get broken up with another time I apparently checked out a waiter at dinner um 
I'm pretty sure I just looked at him to order some meals, but that's okay. But the waiter story, that's a great one. And I'm sure anyone who can relate to any of these things. So we went to dinner and obviously something was wrong on the way home, but he wouldn't tell me. Went to bed and then at two o'clock in the morning, I wake up to him packing a bag and telling me that he's leaving, he's going to go live in the car, he's taking the puppy and that if I didn't understand why this was such an, like a horrible thing to have happened, then how could he ever expect like me to settle with these things? <clears throat> it took about an hour or so for him to be like, you know, you're making eyes at the waiter. Okay, cool. On another occasion, I went to my mum's house um, because my stepdad had cancer and was going through cancer treatment. And he called me while I was at my mum's house to tell me that he was leaving. Um, so I had to like take myself outside and try and deal with that situation while also not like involving my parents. On another occasion, we went to a sporting event and the guys behind us asked me to take their picture. So I took their picture and then that was obviously... Um, me trying to get with the guys behind us, so we had to leave. And another occasion, I wasn't feeling well and I had quite an upset stomach, so I was taking my phone to the bathroom with me. And no one takes their phone to the bathroom unless they're cheating and they're texting boys. I got broken up with over a Teams message at work while sitting at desks that were metres away from each other. I got broken up with a meeting room and then in the stairwell when I went to like go and get some fresh air was told I was overreacting and the list goes on. So it's this volatile like really it's just kind of like this constant cycle of I'm going to leave and me feeling like let them by letting them leave it was me failing at saving them and it was my fault that like the consequences that may come from that. And it just compiled and became this really it's it sounds like I've you know, I've been out of that relationship for over a year now, but it feels still kind of like silly to talk about and be like, you know, well, if he's breaking up with you, wouldn't you be like, Great, this is amazing, like, thank God I'm free. But it's I, I don't know that unless you've kind of been in it, you really fully understand the fear of the consequences to the other person and how just out of control of your own life and their life and everything feels and I don't know, like it just like like rereading it back out loud and recording it and being like, well, this is going out into the world. It seems like there were so many opportunities where I could have been like, okay, well, I'm out of here. Like, this is great. But the cycle and the emotional like manipulation and the games and the kind of when it was like – the volatility of like when it was bad, it was horrific. And when it was good, it was amazing. And that's kind of the cycle that keeps you there being like, oh, well, like, you know, there'll be good days again. Like, you know, he's just not in a good place. So like we're looking like, you know, this will all come to the other side. But yeah, it didn't. I'm now going to read you a different excerpt 
um, that I think is just kind of reflective of some other things. In the weeks following our agreement for him to move out, we were still driving to work together. Ooh, I should preface this. We both quit our jobs in the location that we're working and got jobs elsewhere. And I think it was the catalyst for us to finally be able to break up because the people at work were no longer going to have to be a part of it. And so we were still living together. We had broken up. He'd agreed to leave the house after a very long time. But we're still driving to work together because it just financially made sense. So that's the context of this entry. Um, in the week following our agreement for him to move out, we were still driving to work together. And he turns to me and says, do you think you'll see your friends more now that we're not together? I smile and lie. Probably not. He says to me, I always felt guilty. Like you blamed me for not being able to see your friends. Without even a breath, he continued, I don't think I've ever done anything that would make you feel like you can't see your friends. I just smiled and quietly thought to myself of every argument that was started at even the suggestion of me seeing my friends or a text message that was sent to me from a friend that I hadn't spoken to in months. And like that is like I feel in talking with my friend who's been in a similar situation, that feels like the common thread, like they you get in these relationships and people don't understand what they're doing or their actions or just is blind. It's just, it's really difficult to kind of fathom and to really articulate, especially in the moment, like how these things happen and why, you know, you lose your friends and like you get so isolated and there's sometimes just no coming back from it. Like, I'm a very different person to the person I was when I went into that relationship. And I've grown so much from the experiences of that relationship. But I just don't know. Like, some of those friendships are now just, they're too far gone. And I just, you know. And, yeah. I have but one more journal entry for you this evening. Or this morning, whatever time of day that you listen to this. It's currently uh, 11.32pm, so evening works for me. (laughs) This one even has a heading. A cancer diagnosis. It was September. My stepdad had gone in for testing to see if he had prostate cancer. And the results were due to come in on a Friday afternoon. So I had scheduled a family dinner that even and that evening had come around. Bart had decided he didn't want to come to the dinner as it was a family matter and no one would want him there. I took my dog and left the puppy. Uh, again, sidebar. Um, so I already had a dog called Daisy and then we got a puppy together called Ainsley. So I took Daisy to my parents um, as my parents love, <laughs> love Daisy um, and... So I took Daisy to my parents um, because my parents love to see Daisy. Uh, but at Bart's request, I left Ainsley at home because he was still puppy training and Bart wanted him to get used to being alone and Bart would go to the gym. I got to my parents' place and it was cancer. It was devastating. <laughs> we cried. I messaged Bart to tell him and we decided to get takeaway to dinner. 
my family loves to eat our feelings. So my stepdad said, could you go and get the takeaway and pick up the puppy on your way back? I didn't think it would be an issue. So I sent a message to Bart. I said, just to let you know, I picked up the puppy. And, um... He replied so quickly, (laughs) ripping into me about how I had thrown him under the bus with my parents as being a bad dog parent and that my parents would judge him for leaving the dog at home by himself. I just remember replying to him, there are more important things in this world right now. My my stepdad has literal cancer. No one gives a shit about if the dog was at home by itself. That night... That night all I wanted was a safe set of arms to wrap around me and to tell me that things were going to be okay. Instead, I dreaded going home and having to fight about it. And when I got home, I knew he would be mad. And all I could do was sob and try and reason with him. Unfortunately, this would not be the last guy had to diagnosis in this month. A few weeks later, we took a trip to Sydney to celebrate my birthday. It was lovely. But driving back that night, we knew the results were in for my stepdad's melanoma. My parents hadn't told me during the day that they'd got positive results. So I knew coming into dinner that night that he would have cancer. Another one. Sadly, that day, we got notification that he had an aggressive melanoma on his cheek. And surgery was scheduled for the next week. And this would be the start of a number of issues of me going to the hospital alone to visit my stepdad. And never being able to come home and just have a safe space to feel those emotions and to be secure and loved in a way that I needed at that point in time. And I just, yeah. (laughs) So I guess... The point of recording this and the point of all of the <laughs> the random like therapy session that I'm downloading on everyone is that, well, firstly, I should mention my stepdad is now cancer free. He um, gets regular skin cancer checks and off gets all, uh, all sorts of treatments, but he's currently cancer free and doing amazingly. Um, but rereading over these like journal entries and sharing it with my friends and friend has been really liberating and has really shone a light on how ununique my situation was and how the embarrassment that I felt and the kind of shame that I felt about feeling so stuck and as if you know there was no way out 
is also not unique. And so I guess the point of all of this is if this is kind of sounding like your life, um, life gets so much fucking better. Like I have been out of that relationship for over a year now and the whole point of like sitting down and like looking at this notebook was about like uh, searching for like that – not searching uh, – the moment of pause that came after reading these entries was amazing. Like it was a real time where I got to sit there and go, holy shit, I did it. I got out. I'm living a fucking incredible life. I am free. And that in itself just sounds so little, but it it fucking means everything everything and I just I love the ability to go you know what I'm having ice cream for dinner and that's not an argument I'm gonna go to the mall on the way home no worries at all I am going to take my phone into the bathroom no one's yelling at me like the little things in life feel so much sweeter because I know how good it is to just be able to make my own decisions and have no fear of consequences. And I guess this is the hope that if you know anyone who might be in a situation like this, maybe just like look on the podcast and be like, hey, I found this really interesting. And might you know, it may be the inspiration for someone to go, you know what? Yeah, I can finally get out of this. And it wasn't easy and it took a lot of strength to stand my ground and say, no, like this is it. We are done. Like there is no more to this and it wasn't easy, but it is 100% worth it and you get to create your life again. And you can start to write a list of all the things you're looking for in your new partner and um, try dating. Like, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a mindfuck of its own, but it's, you know, it is much better. So, apologies if this was a bit rambly, and um, but I think it's, a, it's an interesting and ununique story to share. And I hope that... You know, if you've ever been in a situation like this, you don't feel as alone anymore. And, you know, there are so many people and so many resources out there that can help you if you are in that situation. I will put some links in the show notes of um, domestic violence areas and other um, statewide places you can reach out to if you are in a situation where you might need a little bit of help. Um, But that's it for me this week. Um, Stay safe and, you know, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) If you just had as much fun as we did, come follow us on Instagram at Confetti Curves. Leave a five-star review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.